What's up, y'all? This is episode 47 of Shoe Booty Sports. That is the John Lynch episode for you folks keeping up at home, because who else is going to be 47, right, in sports? Can you think of another one besides John Lynch? I can't, personally, but I'm your host, Graham Powell. My co-host, Bradley Brown, is not going to be joining us this week, so I'm going to be riding solo, doing the first solo Shoe Booty Sports episode, so we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a lot of me talking. You're going to have to bear with me while I take my coffee sips and water sips and all that. I could do the little cough button and all that, but let's just go live and just have fun with it and see what happens. And the throat clearing and all that, too. But we will start off, we is in me. I'll start off by giving a quick shout out to our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoe Booty Sports is presented by Rhino Races. Rhino Races is a virtual race series that offers five different races, a 5K, 10K, half marathon, a marathon, and the Rhino Ultra. You can sign up there on the website, uh, run your race at your convenience, track your race with your fitness app, take a screenshot of your results from that race, and go to rhinoraces.com and submit your results there on the website. All you have to do is submit the screenshot and insert your time. And once that race is verified by Rhino Races staff, they send you your award by mail at the address, at the shipping address that you provide. And just like that, you receive your award by mail and boom, there you go. That easy. Easy peasy, rhinoraces.com. Uh, also, check out their gear section. They have T-shirts, wristbands, decals, and more. If you're watching us on Spotify and YouTube, you can check out the Rhino Races shirt I'm rocking here. Very comfy navy tee with their beautiful logo on the front. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very comfy tee. Love it. Again, rhinoraces.com It's where it's at. It's the premier virtual race series. The premier virtual running series out there. Definitely go check it out, rhinoraces.com. Also, you can find Shoe Booty Sports on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, the Wisdom app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and find us on Twitter at Shoe Booty Sports. Now, as I take a quick sip of my quick top, wow, still can't talk, quick coffee break so that I can take a sip here real quick. So just bear with me. Ah. I won't do that too much. Don't worry. So this is going to be a very pro football heavy episode. And start. we'll, we'll start with the most recent games, Monday night, the Monday night football games. Uh, first game, which, by the way, a weird format, you know, kind of not playing at the – they were playing at the same time, but Philly's game started later as opposed to recent years past, you know, where it was they had an early game. By early, I mean it was like 6-15 or so, like the Buffalo game was, and then the other would follow. And granted, it would be really late, you know, by the time you, you'd go to bed or by the time the games were over, right? So I guess they wanted to cut that out. You know, I'm not obviously not inside brass there at, at NFL headquarters to – to figure out what they were wanting to do with the scheduling there. But, yeah, you had two games going on at once, so I basically caught the end of the Philly game. I'll kind of tell you how it went for me. But, uh, yes, I watched the 
my mother came into town staying out of town at my grandma's so i of course get invited to come down eat dinner hang out with the mom and grandma i go down do that and i say hey let's watch the monday night football game right obviously the bills josh allen's my fantasy quarterback rock on i know killing it there about the only spot i'm killing it in but that's the only that's a different story but yes uh bill's taking on taking on the titans and i watched the first half and it's the bills are up it's a fairly close game and it's late i have an early shift the next day i'm like okay I'm, i gotta go i gotta get out of here still gotta go because i live 20 minutes away had to go get my dog uh, who was being, who was being watched by a friend? Shout out Haley. And so I go get my dog, go home, turn on the TV, and the Bills are up forty-one fourteen, I believe it was. So now, granted, this all took probably an hour for me to get home because it was it was into the fourth quarter. Allen was on the bench, and Malik Willis was was playing for the Titans, understandably so. But yes, I mean the Bills the Bills look like the best team in football and all of football right now. The experts said they had the best roster coming into the season and the experts are looking like experts 2 weeks in. The Bills look like the team to beat the Super Bowl favorites, that's how Vegas has it and if you're watching them how could you say otherwise? Josh Allen looks like he has completely figured it out. He is as talented as anybody in the league at the quarterback position. He's got the, he's got the skill set. He's, and he he's got it. He's got it all. You know him and Mahomes. I mean, those are the two, and the of course those are the two Super Bowl favorites according to Vegas. But Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, man, that that's probably the that I can't think of a better one-two punch in the league right now. Josh Allen, Diggs, man, that that is just a. Gosh, I, you can't. You know it's you know it's coming. You still can't stop it, type of thing. But the Bills, the Bills are. I mean, they look the part, man. They're. I can, I don't see a weakness. I'm sure there is one, but it, it's it's hard to find. I've not been able to, been able to see it. They look like the best team in football, and I'm gonna watch them every chance I get. They're that good. They're worth checking out. And how could you root against the Bills, right? I mean, haven't won a Super Bowl. Lunatic, loyal, lunatic, loyal fans. Bills Mafia. How, how do you? It's I don't see how you could root against those guys. In that that organization, small market area, freezing cold Buffalo, New York. This would be a this would be a hell of a story, you know, if the Bull or Bulls, if the Bills just continue on you know just dominate their way through the regular season and carry that into the postseason of course we're a long way of a long way to go till we get there as you all know injuries can happen so i'm gonna get don't get your hopes up too high if you're a bills fan plus you never know what can happen in playoff football and other great teams as well chiefs you know super bowl champions in their own right a lot of other teams coming on we'll get into but right now, the Bills look like the prohibited favorite, as they should be. And we will jump to another game. Uh, San Francisco. 
Uh, San Francisco has lost their starting quarterback for the season. Uh, Trey Lance getting hurt, broke his ankle, I believe. And he is out for the year. He just had season-ending surgery. I believe yesterday it was. Yesterday being Monday. It is currently Tuesday, uh, September 20th. Uh, coming at you late on, Coming at you late this evening. Uh, Graham had a dentist appointment, so they had to clean the teeth up, get them looking all nice and nice and pretty, which they did. Uh, shout out Aspen Dental, by the way. But it's the 49ers may have lost their starting quarterback for the season, but they they it, it's kind of hard to say that because they replaced him with Jimmy G, who's been the starting quarterback for the last several years, as we all know now. And I think it's easy, you could easily say, the players in that locker room believe it. And I think anybody that halfway follows the team will believe that uh, the 49ers are better off this way, at least with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Obviously, you don't wish anybody to get hurt, but uh, Jimmy G gives them the best chance to win right now. Trey Lance has just not looked good in in the, you know, two games or one and a half games we've seen him play. Week one, and, and we knew this would happen. You you can't complete fifty percent of your passes in pro football and expect to be successful. And that that's Trey Lance. He's going to miss some throws, and Jimmy G will too. But he'll make more than he'll make more than Trey Lance will, without a doubt. But Jimmy G gives them the best chance to win right now. I think if you're a 49ers fan, one you're thrilled that the Niners held on to him that they found a way to hang on to him because Jimmy G didn't even think he was going to be the quarterback of the 49ers, right? Going into the, going into this season, he thought he'd be on another team. Why would you not think that if you were him or the organization, but coffee break. Don't worry. It's decaf. It's nine 44 PM central time here in here in central Arkansas. So I got to rock the decaf because, Another early morning shift, but 49ers are better off right now with Jimmy G, and it's going to be fun to see what happens with them. I'm going to know, I'm going to naturally pay more attention to them now, not just because I have Debo Samuel on my fantasy team, and I think he's about as good of a player at his position as anybody else in the league. Uh, you know, Debo's really talented and fun to watch, but he will the not only the entire team will benefit with jimmy g at quarterback but most definitely debo samuel will as well i expect to see his production go up too and sh- shaking the camera a little bit there sorry about that for you folks watching us at home uh we will jump to the okay the Bucks saints game tom brady finally got a finally got a win in new orleans or just against new orleans he was zero and six against the saints going into this game and it look, looked like they may they may have been on their way to or he would be on his way to 0 7. Uh Bucks didn't look good offensively. A lot of that had to do with the Saints, man. The Saints Saints had a good game plan. I don't know what it was, but but I mean it, it worked. Whatever it was they were doing was working. And this that's just been the history of Tom and no matter what team he's on, when he plays the Saints, man, that's kind of kind of sort of how it's gone. And yeah, they didn't look good early, but things changed. 
at a certain point in the game for and some of you know any of you know what I'm talking about if you watch the game uh the when the fight happened, the tide turned uh Mike you know Marshawn Lattimore runs his, is running his mouth Bruce Arians appeared to have escalated it he he he, he looked to be the reason it became what it did. But Bruce Arians is mouthing at him. Tom Brady's walking by as this happens. Of course, Tom Brady goes over to him and he's mouthing back. And you can you can read lips and figure out what Tom's saying. He's no punk out there. He's he's the goat and he knows it. And he's gonna act like it out there too. And Fournette gets involved, gets shoved, and of course Mike Evans sees this. Brady over there and just <laughs> runs over and just Somebody say, you know, they say he threw a punch, you know, watching it or in the commentary. People need to go look up what a punch is. Uh, he shoved him to the ground. And then, in, I mean, he shoved him hard, ran and shoved him, kind of blindsided him. I mean, you can go watch the footage, see for yourself. But, you know, melee ensues. And yeah, it ends up uh, Mike Evans getting kicked out. I don't know. I think Lattimore did too, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, but Mike Evans, I, I don't know. I know he's suspended next week against the Packers. Uh, Brady didn't like that, of course, saying it was ridiculous. I don't know if it, he should have been suspended or not. You probably needed to just to send a message like, hey, you can't do this. I, I get it. Even though Mike Evans is on my fantasy team. You know, I I get it. I get I get why you'd suspend him. You don't want this to become the norm. We've had enough fights in training camp. Aaron Donald, double double wielding helmets, swinging at helicoptering it, helicoptering them at people, and tra- you know, and uh, intra squad intra squad scrimmage practice scrimmages, and if that's the right term for it, yeah, forgive me if it's not. Or don't, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess I'm okay with the suspension. Of course, Brady's going to say he's not. Why wouldn't he? Top target. And trying to go 3-0 and against against the Packers, who are trying to get it get it together. It helped with a, with a win against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Saw a lot of that game, but a lot of it was kind of what I expected, you know. Packers being the better team and just Rogers owning the division. Didn't last week, but he did. La- he did Sunday night, absolutely for sure. But uh, yeah, either way, they may have struggled going back to the Bucks. They may have struggled, but still, they're two and zero, two and zero, and doesn't have to be pretty, man. As long as you get the win. But Bucks two and zero now. Brady gets his. First win against the Saints, about time, right? So, yeah, I mean, but Bucks will be trending in the right direction. Just keep, you know, you know, just keep winning. There you go. Talk about trending downward, though. Uh, Cincinnati, ba- Cincinnati Bengals, man. Uh, Super Bowl hangover appears to be very much intact, right? It it didn't. That doesn't look good for two weeks. As bad as they were last week, they should have won the game. You know, unfortunately, it's special team woes for them. Special teams woes for them kicking 
but they didn't deserve to win last week. They didn't deserve to win with how bad they played. And uh, and it just shows where they're at, losing to a Dallas Cowboys team that isn't very good to begin with. And on top of that, they played without their starting quarterback. Cooper Rush is the one that led the Dallas Cowboys to a victory over the AFC champion Bengals. So the Super Bowl hangover is still very much intact. They still can't protect Joe Burrow. It, it even has been, it's even to the point of making me question. I mean, did, does he hang on to the ball too long? Like, what, what's the deal here? Because the supposed revamped offensive line just isn't cutting it. But I think it's, I think it's mostly just offensive line can't protect him. But they need to figure something out to where they're getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Otherwise, just you're going to just see him banged up again. Or figure something out. Make more moves, man. I just I can't do it now, obviously, but you're going to have to figure something out. I'm sure they're on it, but, man, that's not good. That's not a good sign if you're a Bengals fan. Losing to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Go to 0 and 2. After I, I, after me and many others thought it, the Bengals are just going to get better, they're just going to be better. Hasn't been the case. Has not been the case at all. Tell you who has gotten better though. At least, at least after what we've seen so far. Granted, we know still early. Has uh, not. Not a big overreaction, but we we got to call what we see, right? And the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, they look like a very balanced, solid team. I mean, you knew going in, right? They're gonna be, they're gonna be the favorites in their division because what what are they up against, right? Just, uh, just three other seemingly terrible teams. Although Washington's not as bad as. I figured they would be. I, I really didn't know what they would be, though. I figured Carson Wentz was an improvement on what they had last year. Is that I can't even remember the guy's name, and that, that's not a knock on him. But they weren't going anywhere with him at quarterback, you know. And and just Carson Wentz upgrade there. I'm like okay, all right. Uh, I. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Haven't watched them, but I mean, I see the scores, see the stats. Okay, like I, I see, I see what's, I see what you're doing there, and it's, it's a, it's an improvement. But Philly looks good. They look, they, they made what I thought was a really, really good Vikings team. I said last week, twelve win team. Like I'm all in on that. Not quite ready to jump off that bandwagon yet. But it's not looking good, right? A lot of it was we saw we saw primetime Kirk Cousins on Monday night is essentially what it was. We saw primetime Kirk Cousins. Anytime it's a big game at night on primetime TV, it's like Kirk Cousins knows it, man. It gets in his head, and he he looked bad. I mean, he looked bad. He looked like uh, I it, it I kind of equate it to. Okay, I haven't played Madden in a decade. I haven't played Madden regularly in oh, in, well, in over a decade. It's closer to two than oh, than a decade. Probably like fifteen years, right? So if I were to get on there now, 
and just try to play on whatever device, PS5 or whatever, whatever they have now. And I put it on all Madden. That's what I, that's what Kirk Cousins looked like against Philly's secondary last night. And what was it? Darius Slay is the guy's name. Forgive me if I get the name wrong, but man, what a, what a, what a game he had last night. Eagles look, the Eagles look good, man. They looked the part and I whiffed hard on Jalen Hurts, man. I, I did not see, even when he was in college, this first year at Alabama, I was like, but he's a really good college quarterback. Man, I don't see a pro. I don't see a pro quarterback. I figured he could he could play in the NFL. I just didn't think he'd be a starting quarterback. Maybe go in and be a wildcat for somebody, you know, like a really big upgrade, like type wildcat type of a player. You know, get him his get him his set of plays. Come in, kind of like what the 49ers did with Kaepernick. You know, when Alex Smith was still there playing quarterback, I I could see that somebody benefiting or using Jalen Hurts like that, and it being a big strength. You know, if you use you know, and sparingly when appropriate. But Jalen Hurts says him and his staff or him and the Eagles coaching staff have figured out how to utilize him. You know, there's no set thing you have to do anymore to be a quarterback in the NFL. Let's it's what does this guy do? Well, what is he great at? Let's let's find a way to utilize that. Let's find a way to use his strengths. Philly's done that. Philly they did it last year, and of course they they bombed in the playoffs against uh, Tampa Bay, I believe it was. But I mean, but they got there as a nine win team, I think. Uh, they they look like they've improved. AJ Brown joining is says has been a big addition. He had that monster week one. He had a good game last night, too. But, yeah, he had the monster week one. By the way, the Titans could have used him last night, right? I love me some Traylon Burks, and I know that's they want him to kind of be the replacement, but he's just not ready yet. You know, he's just not ready to be that guy yet. But the Eagles, man, they look. They looked really good against the what I thought was a really good Vikings team last night. Can they can, can they keep that up? I don't know. Then the Vikings will bounce back. Kirk Cousins is just Kirk Cousins, man. He's going to have those games, especially on primetime. He's very hit or miss. That's why he's. It's very frustrating if you're a fan of the Vikings or any team that Kirk Cousins has been on because he's done that. I mean, he's just shown a pattern of doing of doing that his entire career. But he'll have some games where you're like, yeah, okay, I, that's a quarterback, right? But then he has games like last night where it looked like a first-time Madden player goes on and plays all Madden on all Madden mode and is just dropping back to pass every play, trying to run the same play over and over again, and it not working, getting picked or getting sacked or whatever. That's what it looked like last night with Kirk Cousins. It just It was bad all around. So, yeah, it, it. I don't know what to think of the Vikings other than, you know, this is kind of what we've been accustomed to seeing the last couple of years. But I think they are close. If I have to say, I think they're closer to the team they were in week one than what we saw from them last night. But the takeaway is 
Philly's better than I thought they would be. Philly, I mean, Philly looks good. Philly looks like, I mean, the the clear clearly the best team in that division, clearly. But look like a team that can actually go win a playoff game or two. We'll see what happens. Try not to drink the water too close to the microphone so y'all don't have to hear me gulping like that. <laughs> when I listen to it on playback, when all of you do, uh, yeah, well, let, yeah, you can let me know, whatever. I got, I'm going to figure it out one way or another. But Jalen Hurts, former Alabama quarterback, going to another former Alabama quarterback and teammate, actually, Jalen Hurts, two a man, two in the Dolphins. How about this? Tua and O. The two and O Miami Dolphins. Do you like that? Tua and O. Got it? I don't know. It's good. It's good. Come on. Come on. It's good. But yeah, two and O. You can say Tua was he's set up for success with Tyreek Hill, Waddle. And yes, he is. I mean, the, the Dolphins, they got some players, man. But yeah. Dolphins looking really good, and they're making Tua look really good. Uh, what he had six touchdowns, is that right? Six touchdowns Sunday. Man, I mean he he's stepping up, he's stepping up. But I mean, the organization has also stepped up. They've surrounded him with pieces to be successful. What what do we what did we say about Jalen? The organization, coaching, they are utilizing. Jalen Hurts' strengths to not only make him better, but in turn make the team better. They've surrounded Tua with the with the pieces to be successful. You can see why Tom Brady allegedly wanted to go to Miami, right? But yeah, they're utilizing Tua's strengths, surrounding him with pieces that will only help him be successful, and this is the result you're seeing. Bengals need to take notes. They have with the skill set players. They have excellent skill players, the Bengals. But if you can't protect them, it doesn't matter. If I'm an organization, if, I, if I'm running a football team, if I'm starting a football team, we'll, we'll preface it this way instead. I'm, build, I'm starting with the offensive line. The first thing I'm building is the offensive line. And then I'll get a quarterback. I'll get I'll get my skill players, you know, and I'm building the defense up as well during all that. But the first thing I do is I am building that offensive line. Because it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are. If you're on your back every play, it, it doesn't matter. Andrew Luck's career got cut short because Indy didn't do what was necessary to protect him. And I just don't want that to happen to to Joe Burrow. I mean, the Bengals tried. They they tried in the offseason. You can't say that can't say that about the Colts when Andrew Luck was there. Which, by the way, I've it looks like a full on whiff by me. Uh, two two weeks in, I, I'd said before the season started, I could see the Colts um, as a dark horse kind of team. And Matt Ryan possibly having a big year, you know, like a resurgence type of year. It, it, they don't look good. Man, they don't look good. Matt Ryan hasn't 
Colts don't look good. It's rough. Go, going back to the Dolphins, though. Okay. Where would a where would you rank like Jalen Waddle's touchdown dance, the Waddle amongst like to me it's already in the it's already up there as like one of the best touchdown celebration dances, whatever you want to call it ever. Uh Icky Shuffle is the first one that comes to mind, right? As far as what's the, the best one. The Waddle's gonna be huge, man. It's it's gonna be talked about hopefully for years to come, man. Like, I mean it, it's fun. He's a he's a great player, and yeah, I I hope that I hope that's around for many many more years to come. The only thing I would say, lineman, before you run up and like pick him up and do all that stuff, give him a chance to do the waddle thing first. I know it's exciting, you scored and all that. Uh, you want to go celebrate with with your teammate as you should. But go like waddle with him instead of going and grabbing him and picking him up. No, let him do his waddle, man. Like that's the thing he does. We'll see how much they listen to that. But that that's my only critique there as far as that goes. Quick coffee break real quick. As I'm doing this, again, check out rhinoraces.com. The premier virtual running series. Five different races. 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, and the Rhino Ultra. Guys, it's 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 seriously a fantastic race series, one of a kind. Nothing else is like it out there. Uh, yeah, five different races. You run all five. You get inducted into the Rhino Races Hall of Fame. You receive your Rhino Races Hall of Fame buckle. All your info, your stats, and all that name is there in the Hall of Fame section on the website, rhinoraces.com. Seriously, just a one-of-a-kind race series. Again, the premier virtual running series, Rhino Races. Now, quick coffee set. And by sip, I mean gulp. But yes, it's been it's been a fun two weeks for pro football. Yeah, it's been football's back, baby. Football's back. We're getting closer to October. Still very hot here in central Arkansas. But that, you know, once we hit October, hopefully the cooler weather will start to roll in a little bit. But, yeah, it's been a fun two weeks of pro football. Jumping to college football, not much has changed. Being an Arkansas alum and fan, I'm going to talk about the Arkansas-Missouri State game Saturday in Fayetteville. It was big for multiple reasons, okay? Uh, For those not familiar, Bobby Petrino, former Razorback coach, disgraced coach coming out of Arkansas, you know, after leaving Arkansas, that's what forced him out. But he's the coach at Missouri State, you know, as Arkansas, as, yeah, as they travel Arkansas to play them. It's Petrino's first game, and uh, in Fayetteville in 11 years. So, yeah, uh, Hog fans rolled out, hoping for a blowout. That was not the case. The Razorback offense played the worst they've ever played under Sam Pittman in the first quarter. Uh, two costly fumbles, one by K.J. Jefferson, one by Rocket Sanders at the goal line. Two turnovers, just a awful, awful first quarter. Could not have played worse than they 
couldn't have played worse than they did. Uh, Arkansas trailed the entire game up until the fourth quarter, and the final score ended up being, you know, better than it looked. Two two late scores, one of which was a, uh, I believe, was a punt return, punt return for a touchdown. Can't remember who did it, but it was a, it was a heck of a return. But and Rocket Sanders and KJ ended up having some pretty good numbers. Another thing, KJ had one pick, but it wasn't on him. Bounced out of Trey Knox's hands and goes right into you know he he basically just tapped it to the defender like you see you know receivers do from time to time. You hate to see it, uh, especially for the quarterback because it counts as a pick for him, and it wasn't his fault. So. But that was a story. That was the story of how it went. You know, it wasn't just Trey Knox. I mean, KJ had to turn over. Rocket had a very costly one. Uh, defense is very banged up in the secondary. So as and with Missouri State being a Petrino coach team, of course they're flinging it all over the field. Huge fourth fourth and one call at midfield that resulted in a touchdown for Missouri State. It, it was close, man. To the point, and, and Sam Pittman admitted this after the game, which I highly respect that he did. I, I really respect the fact that he did so. He just, he just, he didn't give you the BS. And that's another thing I like, I love about Sam Pittman. He doesn't go up there and give you the, the coaching, the coach's media answer where he's just, uh, he's bullshitting you basically. Uh, pardon my language, but I mean, he's BS. Just, just kind of giving you, he's not, he's not really telling you what he really thinks. He's just telling you what might sound better and what might sound good in a soundbite or good enough, not, not making headlines, et cetera. And he flat out just said, he he just said, yeah, I got a, we got outplayed and I got outcoached and he did. (laughs) <laughs> like everything he said in the pre- everything he said in in the post game interview press conference was was true. Uh, Petrino outcoached him. Petrino showed. Yeah, he's still he's still a heck of a coach. And I said this during the game. If beforehand the two coaches switched teams, as in Petrino went and coached Arkansas and. Pittman went and coached Missouri State, and of course, if let's just assume they players were already familiar with you know their schemes and all that game plan. Let's just take all that out of it. If the two coaches had revert were coaching different teams, okay, I'll, I'll I'll say it better this way: if the if the two coaches had switched teams, they were they were coaching on you know Petrino was coaching Arkansas, Pittman was coaching Missouri State. Arkansas, Arkansas would have won 60 to nothing. <laughs> Maybe not that high, but it, it would have been a 40, 50 point game if Petrino was coaching the Hogs and Pittman was coaching Missouri State. And I, and I hate to say that because I like Sam Pittman and I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. Uh, but, and, and a heck of a recruiter, you know, that, and that's so, that's so much, but, but as far as, as far as X's and O's go, Petrino outclassed him. 
in every way in in every way Saturday. And again, hate to say it, love love Sam Pittman, and that doesn't change the fact I'm thrilled that Sam Pittman is the Razorback head coach. But Petrino outcoached him. He outcoached him. Had had his team more ready than you know Pittman had the Hogs. But Pittman admits that, and he knows that. But that was my big takeaway. I was watching halfway through and said, man, if the coaches were on different sides, Arkansas would be up 50. I had said that verbatim during. But they'll. But if you're going to have a – if you're Arkansas and you're going to have a big – a bad game, you pick the right time to have it because you got A&M this Saturday at Jerry World. You know, A&M is one – you know they they bounce back with a win. Uh, went over Miami, yeah, thirteen at the time ranked, I believe. Uh, so you, so A and M, yeah, they they have something to prove. They don't like that twenty three ranking. They have something to prove. So Arkansas better be ready. They better be more ready than they were this past Saturday at home, because it it was. It was not good, man. It was not good, and they didn't get it together till, till late, at least consistently. And then Alabama after that, so it does it. It only gets, it only gets harder over these next couple of weeks. But if Arkansas shows up, you know they can compete. They can compete with just about anybody. Now I I don't know how they'll do against Alabama, but they can beat A and M if they show up ready to play. As far as a prediction goes, if I, I'm, I'll go ahead and predict. I think, I think Texas A&M wins this one. I'm going to pick A&M. I'll say, I'll say A&M 38, Arkansas 34. We'll go with that. A&M 38, Arkansas 34. I hope that's not how it turns out. But a lot of experts had Arkansas as a 10 and 2 team, you know, in the regular season. I don't see that. I saw them as an 8 and 4 team. That was my prediction minus the bowl game, of course. But and I'll stick to that. I think they're closer to 8 and 4 than they are 10 and 2. You know, they may win they go nine, may go 9 and 3, you know, and hopefully get a bowl get bowl win, you know, but I'd love to see him win Saturday, but if I got a pick, I'm going to go with A&M. I think that loss to App State woke him up. And even though Arkansas didn't lose, they that Missouri State scare better have woken them up because I'm sure it did. But still, it, it's you know they had to look past them some. They had to be looking at A&M. And Missouri State about made them pay for it. There was a point where I thought Missouri State, they may very well win this game. So some of my friends on Twitter and stuff, when they're like, oh, I had never had any doubt. And I'm like, well, you should have. If you're watching the game, you should have. Because Missouri State outplayed, outplayed Arkansas. They're outcoaching them. All of it. Just Arkansas had more talent. And it eventually caught up. It eventually caught up to Missouri State, and that was the difference. Going back, going back to App State though, 
what a wild finish there. Winning on a Hail Mary. <laughs> I mean, that, that was wild. They, they, those Mountaineers, man, they've, that's a fun football program. They're in the fun belt, man. That, that is a fun football, football program to, to see, talk about, etc. It's always, it's always a show with them. You would think after nearly beating North Carolina and then upsetting number six at the time, Texas A&M, that App State would just roll through their conference, right? No, nah, they, they had to win on a Hail Mary Saturday. So, gosh, they keep it interesting no matter what, huh? I guess it just wouldn't be exciting enough for them if, if they had to blow out everybody they played, right, in conference play. I don't know. But that that was uh that was exciting to say the least. I only saw the highlight, you know, but just just watching that, you you just say wow. Like there's just something magical about this, about that program. Uh, we will jump to and by I keep saying we. I'm so used to that, right? Take take my coffee break as we kind of wrap up this episode here. Ah, but we'll uh, end it on a little baseball. Postseason play is coming up, coming up here pretty soon. I believe there's 13 or 14 games left in the regular season. A lot of people thought Paul Goldschmidt would be the contender for, like, the Triple Crown in the National League, at least. He, it looks like he's he's in the top five in it all, but it looks like he's that's pretty much out of reach for him. But Aaron Judge may very well win the Triple Crown in the in the American League. Right now, he is he leads the league easily in home runs and RBI with 59 bombs, 127 RBI, and he is one point behind the AL leader in average. Aaron Judge hitting 316 right now, and the guy above him is hitting 317. I can't remember his name, but. That's kind of wild, right? A 317 average is leading the American League. That's a very it's a good average, not knocking it. It's a very good average, all-star average. You hit that your career, you're the, you're in the Hall of Fame. But to lead the league? Yeah, man. Like Freddie Freeman's hitting you know about 330 at least or you know in the 320s, the high 320s. I think I think it's mid to high three twenties, but like three seventeen leading the league—that's pretty wild, man. It's just a sign of the times. I mean, just pitching is just so—it's just so competitive there on the mound. Everybody throws so hard. That's why you just see so many strikeouts, just so many good pitch, pitch, pitchers, and there's so there's so many of them. I mean, they just keep they keep bringing new ones in, middle relievers. Throughout the game, closers, depending on how the game's going, you know. I get it. But it would be pretty cool to see Aaron Judge and what will surely be an MVP year for him uh, win the Triple Crown. That'd be that'd be pretty wild doing it. I mean, he hit number two, tied for second in the league at with a 316 average. But it'd be fun to see, and... Uh, as far as the teams go, Dodgers really look like the team to beat. Every time I check, they're nine and one in their last ten games. That's no different this week. 
uh, what are what are they 103 and 44 or something right now record wise uh Houston looks like the team to beat in the AL but the other thing St. Louis Cardinals leading the top the central I believe they're eight and a half games ahead of the Brewers for that top spot in the central but obviously Paul, Paul Goldschmidt the the man on that team this year at the plate of course Nolan Arenado still play Yachty is you know still has his leg he still has his legendary moments right I mean future Hall of Famers will do that but so is Albert Pujols Pujols sitting at 698 698 home runs with again I think 13 or 14 games left can he do it I'm gonna say he does it if I'm betting money on it. I don't know, but I'm gonna say he does it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Pujols gets to 700. You know, tips his cap to the regular season. Like, okay, let's see what we can do in the postseason. What will be his final year? Gosh, it's it's an an amazing career by an all time great. But I'll I'll pay close attention to that. And yeah. I mean, again, October's approaching. Playoff baseball. That's another thing to get excited about with October. Playoff baseball. Oh, I have covered all I can think to cover tonight, folks. It's been an interesting solo episode. I'd be lying to you if I said I was real into it. Um, and it's not that I'm not into it, but it's kind of it's hard to do these things solo, especially when you need your water breaks and coffee breaks as much as I do. But it was we got through it. We'll see what next. We'll see what happens next week. Uh, surely my co-host will be back, you know, to help out Bradley Brown. But we will. Uh, I, I, you know, we rocked it solo tonight. Probably do it again sometime because shoe booty sports isn't going. Isn't going anywhere, y'all. Uh, we plan to be around for a long time, and if we got to do a solo episode every now and then, more than happy to do so. So. Until next week, we're going to get out of here. Oh, by the way, okay, one more thing to touch up on. Did not have this down. The Amazon Prime game, Thursday night, last Thursday. And since it's Tuesday, you kind of forget about it, right, at this point. But Chiefs and Chargers, man, what a what a game, what a showing. And... Justin Herbert, man, he got over like Rover for me that that game, man. If if you weren't in on Justin Herbert, like like a fan of his, you should be after that. That was a gutsy performance. Uh, just uh, kudos to him, man. That was fun to watch. I, I'm a Herbert fan now, and it's, and and it's not that I wasn't before. I just, I really haven't seen him play that much. I just knew he could. I've seen his highlights. I knew he could play. But after watching him and that gutsy performance, getting up, making those throws in those very tight windows that only he and a handful of others on this planet can make, your Allens, your Mahomes, uh, et cetera. It, it, it's, yeah, only a handful of guys can do that. And he did it hurt, man. And he was hurting, and you could see it. So, yeah, Justin Herbert got got over for me that game. That was cool. To, that was cool to watch, fun to watch. So, I uh, look forward to seeing them moving forward. 
seeing more of him moving forward. But until then, we're going to get out of here. Again, we being me. And we should be back, the two of us, next week, next Tuesday, for what will be episode 48 of Shoe Booty Sports. What can I think of for this one? Uh, Daryl Johnston? We'll go with that. The Daryl Johnston episode. How about that? Uh, fullback of the Cowboys in their Super Bowl years, if you need to check that one out. Moose. Yeah, Moose was the nickname. Even I probably need to fact-check fact that, that. But I believe that's the case. But until then, Grandpa signing out. Again, visit rhinoraces.com. Check out that awesome race series. But until next week, uh, y'all have a good week. Uh, enjoy all this football. And hopefully some cooler weather around the corner. Till then, deuces.